Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 199. We're on for Thursday. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number 32 from Chris Pearson. The message is 40 seconds long and comes from the summer of 1990. Here we go. Hello, Paul. This is Loverman. Um, we're on for Thursday. Come to my place at 1. Bake some bread. Not dessert. Regular bread. Whatever you want. Rolls, buns. It's up to you. This is a celebration to uh, celebrate how old you are, your age, your birthday. Uh, people come, you have a party, you bring presents, you have a birthday cake. Don't bring any presents. Uh, uh, Just bring some rolls or some bread, a loaf, whatever you want to make. I'll talk to you later. Just wanted to tell you now. Not not dessert. Jennifer, why you bring July? You have parties, and it's really fun, and you, you have parties. I sound kind of bossy there, huh? But I think I'm listening to a TV show. Remember the daytime TV game yeah. shows? Okay, okay. I think it's Password. The, the woman speaking is trying to get someone to say birthday, right? Or She says birthday, so that can't be the... That can't be the word. It can't be the word, so I don't know what the word would be. So the other thing is, I think this might be the big party that you had at your house if this is the summer of 1990 it's very likely that this is the going away party i was moving to new york and were you moving to california i was going to france so we were both like going far away but uh that was quite a bash i remember people just sitting all over the floor just cross-legged all over the uh, my living room and into the kitchen just uh, everywhere was it a difficult decision to leave Chicago or? It was certainly good for my career to move to New York. I started my own business pretty soon after I was there. So did you have photographs? Yeah, yeah so I probably had some really bad photographs and you'd make samples too. Like I would get a 12 by 12 inch piece of masonite and I'd make it look like a finish or marble and wood. I'd walk around with like, I, I had a box of 10 of them say, so like, this is what I can do. I can make things look like this. I mean, things like that. There's a photograph of a, of a sky I painted. The other thing I remember now that you were doing at some point was making furniture look older. That was a really good gig for me. I, this woman, she'd pay me $400 a day to make furniture look like, like, like fake antiques. But, um, you know, most of what I would do, what was not furniture though, just be like this wall finishing. It was very, very big in the eighties and nineties, just exploded. I, I did a demonstration on Oprah's show with Jorge. This is when I lived in Chicago, obviously. So in the late eighties, it, it was an awful show to be on because it was like how to redo your place yourself for under a thousand dollars. So I made us look cheap. Like I had people contact me afterwards, but they all wanted me to do the work for under a thousand dollars. Cause that was the theme of the show. And this was a two-person technique where the wall had all been painted one color and we would scumble this other color over it to give it a texture. So it's called rag rolling. She made this little joke about ladies saying this is a great way to, to, to meet a guy because it takes two people, one to rag and one to roll. I mean, it's funny with publicity. Like, you know, my career is doing so well right now. Um, and so much of it is because of social media and the way and it's changed. For me, what was really big for a while was magazines. 
And I've got a stack over here of magazines that I've been in. They don't even exist anymore. Well, I remember one of the early times I came to visit you in New York City, you had a job for Madonna. On um, Central Park West in the lower 60s. I'm sure Madonna has many, many apartments. This was a duplex there, and she had this series of what the designer was calling fantasy bedrooms. They all had different themes. This one was really cool because it had these giant oversized Art Nouveau sort of swirly moldings and this big fireplace. And I think I think what I was doing was I was painting the fireplace to look like rosewood. I remember she had this incredible art collection there, including Alfreda Kahlo downstairs. And when I was working there, my girlfriend at the time, Charlie's mother was there, and, you know, she's very excited to be Madonna's place. So she invited her sister over to check it out. And we were told, do not go downstairs. But they went downstairs and set off a silent alarm. They went down to see the Frida Kahlo and brought the whole security team to the building. The other thing I remember is my girlfriend at the time, you told her that the Madonna was an all nude work site. Yeah. Maybe that was like a running gag I, I was telling people, and I just told her that well, that too. This was when you were living in that big building. I, it was like you had an entire building to yourself? Well, no, no, I didn't have the whole building, but I had an incredible space. That, that must be my storefront in Brooklyn. It was really beautiful. I paid $1,000 a month for it, and it was Previously had been in like a Sicilian social club and it had 17 foot ceilings, all tiled. There was an espresso machine there with the big compressor and everything in the corner. Like this was like right out of like the Sopranos. And then behind it was this really cute apartment with a garden. When I moved in there, there were all these old guys, old Italian men living there. I guess they figured if they rented the first floor to me, they'd get more money. And they all moved upstairs. There were like four old Italian guys living upstairs. It was a very large apartment. And I actually at one point swapped with them. The other thing I remember is uh, there was a rooster. The rooster belonged to this other old Italian guy that lived right next door to me and had it in his backyard. Um, and I would stay up really late trying to make music. So when I'm trying to lay, lay down at four or five in the morning, that's when the rooster would do his thing. I, I hated that thing. When did you first move to that place? Do you remember? So right at the very, very end of 1990, I moved into this first floor apartment in Red Hook. Springtime came around and that's when I, I, I noticed the social club. And that's when I spoke to the guy who ran the place there, Arturo Galliano. And I just wanted it so bad. I guess I was a little persistent, probably moved in there in spring of 91. I was in that building for quite a while. But I remember he asked me if I wanted to buy the building and I believe he wanted $180,000 for it, which to me seemed like so much money. I mean, of course, now it's probably worth $4 million or who knows, but that's okay. Now here I am in Jersey. Chris's message once again provides us with a delightful audio puzzle, much like the game show heard in its background. To solve the puzzle, we first must name the show. And after listening again, I realized it could not be password because in that game, the contestants are given just one word at a time, after which they must guess the password. 
Perhaps it is the $25,000 pyramid, which in its final round requires players to guess a category such as spicy foods or things that are found in space. But if it was $25,000 pyramid, then the question becomes for what category the player is providing clues. TV game shows can trace their origins to radio when, in the mid-30s, programs like Professor Quiz and Information Please emerged. In the 1950s, the format shifted to TV and became hugely popular. But in 1959, revelations that many of these shows were scripted led to a collapse in their popularity as well as a law that banned the rigging of quiz shows. Although they disappeared from prime time, game shows became a staple of daytime programming in the 1970s and 80s. And in the summer of 1990, local Chicago stations included more than a half dozen game shows in their daily schedule, from Family Feud to Let's Make a Deal. The number of game shows declined in the 1990s, but in 1999, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire brought the genre back to primetime, where they remain popular today. This past summer, one-third of ABC's primetime schedule contained game shows. If you can solve the game show riddle from Chris's message, go to pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Many thanks to Chris for his puzzling discussion. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.